Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Friendly Troll, a podcast about the global south and the global tech industry, as seen from the global south. My name is Isaac Rutenberg, and I'm the director of the Center for Intellectual Property and Information Technology Law in Strathmore University in Nairobi, Kenya. This is the first show of 2020, and we have kind of a mixed bag for you today. We're going to start out with uh, a bit of a teaser so that we can discuss some of the topics that we'll be covering over the next year, followed by a bit of news, and lastly, our predictions for 2020. Before we begin, let me remind you of who we are and what we're doing. The Friendly Troll is, uh, is the podcast of SIPIT, the, the center I mentioned, and we talk about the global tech industry, but not the way, the way that you might have thought of it before. So we do two things mostly. One is uh, to kind of give our ideas as to how to improve the tech industry. A lot of, uh, well, the tech industry is basically built in a couple of countries, in, mostly in the, in the United States, China, a little bit of Europe. But, you know, we have interesting things to add to that as well. And this podcast is a vehicle to, in which to do that. Secondly, we like to just talk about the tech industry as we see it. So to give a different perspective, maybe not giving advice, but giving our perspective. All right, let's get into the show. In the very near future, we're going to be having an episode on democracy and social media. Now, for our friends in America, uh, being 2020 and an election year, this will probably hit very close to home. But we're going to be talking about it from, from our perspective, and hopefully it will uh, be interesting to both sides. So we'll talk about hashtag democracies, for example, uh, the Me Too movement and how it has affected both Kenya and the United States a bit, and other hashtags that have been used to create change in a democratic society. And we'll ask the question, is that a good way for democracy uh, to be affected? Is social media adding to our democratic processes, subtracting from it? Is it good? Is it evil? Of course, it's all these things. It was intended to be the be-all and end-all of democracy, the most democratic thing one could have. But I think that, we'll, of course, we all intuitively feel nowadays that it is not exactly that sort of that panacea that we expected. But we'll talk about that from the Kenyan perspective. We've uh, done some research on this over the years, um, particularly from 2017 and the election that happened in Kenya, the social media influence on that election, and the ongoing influence of social media in elections throughout Africa and throughout other democratic processes. An another episode coming up soon will be on artificial intelligence. And like with social media and democracy, we're going to ask the question, is it good? Is it bad? Is it evil? Of course, again, it's all of those things, but we're going to explore how it has impacted the African continent in general. Obviously, most artificial intelligence implementation is currently being rolled out in the United States and Europe and, and parts of Asia. But there's quite a lot of activity in Africa as well. And we're going to explore how it has affected things from healthcare to uh, climate change adaptation, uh, and also look at things such as the biases that are present in artificial intelligence developed on the continent. Uh, particularly how they're different from the biases and problems that artificial intelligence is uh, encountering in other parts of the world. So, as you might imagine, obviously our data sets are very different from those in the West. You probably expect or should expect that that would lead to 
different artificial intelligence implementations. And we'll explore that as well. And moving on, let's get to a few news items uh, that I'm going to bring up only because they're just so important that we can't overlook them. Uh, the activity of tech law and policy in, in this region is just a breakneck pace, can hardly keep up with it. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to mention a few things. These will be important uh, over the coming year, without doubt. And so, they will be uh, recurring themes, they will be uh, mentioned many times, and so the more uh, we talk about them here, uh, the more familiar you'll be with them. Hopefully, the more we'll be able to uh, discuss them with uh, intelligence. So the first one would be um, the Data Protection Act uh, of Kenya is one of many pieces of legislation throughout the continent. Uh, this one passed in, in late 2019. And uh, we never really got a very good chance to talk about it last year. But the important thing about it is, at least from the Kenyan Act, is that it will be implemented in 2020. And we're going to keep a very close eye on how it is implemented, uh, the regulations that are passed for it, the people who are tasked to do the implementation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll be keeping a very close eye on that. And other data protection laws that are passed throughout the, the continent as they are passed, we will as well discuss those. I would say more than half of the countries in Africa now have data protection acts or are in the process of passing them. It's probably well over half actually if you include countries that are in the process or have bills in committees and going through the process. So it's very timely and uh, of course data protection is a global uh, discussion and the acts that we have here they are not uh, you know they're not necessarily just cut and pasted versions of other acts although they are heavily influenced by acts from uh, other parts, particularly GDPR, in Europe. So there's that news. Uh, another hot topic is digital identity, and there was a decision in a very important court case watched by many throughout the world in Kenya uh, last week, or, or re very recently at least. It was um, the Huduma number case, uh, and the constitutionality of that, or the implementation of that, whether the court was deciding whether it should move forward, or be halted, and the court essentially said uh, it can go forward as long as there's a proper framework. So we're going to be watching that one super closely. Uh, we want to see how it is implemented, how the decision is implemented, the changes that are done in order to make that process go forward. We will also be closely watching uh, another issue that was just recently decided, and that is cyber crimes. Uh, Kenya has a cyber uh, computer misuse and cyber crimes act, which is from 2018, but it has been also under litigation until just recently. The decision by the courts was that it is constitutional, and so it can move forward. Uh, although we will be watching for appeals on all of the cases I've just mentioned, uh, you know, the, for, for now, uh, we can just wait to see what happens from, from both sides, whether the, the parties will appeal, whether the government will move forward, etc., etc. To introduce our next topic, I'd like to introduce you to a longtime friend and colleague from SIPIT, 
Douglas Kishuki is currently doing a PhD in law at the University of Cape Town and happens to be in the neighborhood. So I've asked him to come and describe for us a topic that he's going to be covering on a future episode of The Friendly Troll. Douglas? Hi, folks. Um, thank you, Isaac, for the invite. Um, I will be discussing precision agriculture in Africa and specifically the differences between the use of data in large-scale commercial farms in the global north vis-a-vis smallholder farms in the global south and how this data can be used and operationalized to give value um, to farming in the global south. Additionally, we'll discuss the questions of ownership of that data, um, the questions of portability of that data, and finally, the questions of how to mediate the power imbalances between uh, global north data companies and smallholder agricultural farmers in Africa. Great. Thanks a lot, Douglas. Looking forward to that episode for sure. And lastly, I'd like to introduce another topic, of course, that you have heard on this podcast before, data protection and privacy, data privacy. Uh, It's a recurring theme throughout our podcast. It will be uh, as long as uh, the foreseeable future, I think. And there is plenty to talk about. Uh, which actually will part, be part of my predictions so, uh, or, and the news for, uh, this, uh, for this week as well. So I uh, look forward to an episode on data protection and privacy uh, in the African context, the Kenyan context specifically. Okay, moving on, let's do some predictions for 2020. I appreciate that uh, it's already well into 2020, so we're cheating just a little bit, but uh, there's still quite a bit of of the year left, so uh, it makes sense for us still to to say what we think we're going to see in the ICT industry, both in uh, in the Global South, but also in the rest of the world as well. So these predictions come from my colleagues, and they are uh, covering the entire globe. So the first prediction is from... Uh, one of my colleagues, Gentrix, and she says 5G is going to be rolled out in Kenya. I don't know about that. I think another one of my colleagues said 5G is going to be rolled out in the U.S. Uh, I do know, or someone has said that um, our main telecom, is, Safaricom, is doing tests about 5G. Uh, and I know that uh, there are operators in the U.S. who claim to have a wide 5G network. Um, I also know that uh, it's not very well used yet. A lot part of that might be because of the lack of devices that actually can support 5G. Uh, so you know, it, it's definitely something that is not widely used or available. But um, the prediction here from my colleague is that maybe that uh, we'll see some 5G rollout in Kenya. To note, 4G came out several years ago. Has been adopted, I believe, by all the telecoms now. A colleague of mine at Sipit Mercy says more to foreign direct investments that tie their funding conditions around access to citizen data. Uh, she believes that uh, foreign direct investment FDI will be uh, will be tied to decisions or the availability of personal data. Uh, that is kind of a scary thing to think about that uh, investors are going to be demanding our access to our data. Uh, although I also think that that's quite plausible prediction. Uh, we have from Beatrice, another colleague of mine in Sipit, a rise in high-tech policies and regulations within the continent and for providing for digital ID. She says this is obviously not new. We've seen this a lot, but she thinks that there will be quite an increase in that. I do agree with her on that. 
well, it is definitely being pushed by the World Bank, and it is full steam ahead as far as we can tell. Jazia, who you have heard on this program before, says she thinks that there will be, hopefully, an increase in demand for data protection policies pushed by citizens. And amen to that. I hope that that comes true, because one thing that we've learned is that it's very difficult to get strong data protection without the support of the citizens. And a lot of them don't understand the issues. Uh, whether you're in Kenya or America, I think a lot of people don't understand the issues. I think uh, they don't understand the risks. And I think actually none of us understand the full risks because those are evolving so rapidly. So uh, let's hope that we do see that. And lastly, I'd like to provide the predictions of Abdul. You will be meeting Abdul in a near episode. Uh, it was his work that contributed to our, uh, our work on data, sorry, on social media and democracy. So he'll be in studio to discuss that. Uh, in the meantime, he sends in his predictions and they are as follows. First, um, he thinks that there will be more efforts by oversight boards such as the Supreme Court of Facebook, the Facebook Oversight Board that they have just uh, operationalized. Uh, he believes there will be more of such efforts uh, by not just private companies such as Facebook, but also uh, CSOs, civil society organizations, um, and perhaps even international bodies um, that might be making councils and boards that are there to provide oversight and perhaps uh, policy, regula policy advice uh, to these organizations on a very narrow and focused level as opposed to, I guess, uh, the larger discussions that are being had at government level. This is interesting, particularly when I consider uh, Google had uh, an oversight board for AI, which it announced and then disbanded within a week. So these boards do not always have a great record, it seems, or at least they've been more difficult than expected to implement, operationalize, and to see their, to see their impact. So that's from Abdul. Oh, and he has one more, and that is that in light of the U.S. elections, uh, he believes we'll see considerable discussion around the regulation of political advertising on social media, uh, particularly where they're, focused, they're forced to take certain decisions to obviate public outcry, such as Twitter's ban on political speech. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, Facebook and Twitter are... Uh, great examples of the polar opposite differences you can have in regulating political advertising. Uh, we won't probably see that in Kenya, at least, because there's not an election until 2022. However, we will have quite a number of elections throughout Africa in 2020, and we'll probably keep an eye on that to see how it goes. So those are the predictions from my colleagues. to be Great to see how uh, close we get, and, and hopefully at the end of the year we'll come back and, and review these. So uh, that wraps up this episode and this, uh, this teaser episode. I hope that you will tune in throughout the year uh, to hear these and other topics. Uh, there will be others that we weren't, that I didn't mention today uh, on this episode, but, uh, but stay tuned. You will hear quite a lot of content coming out on a wide variety of topics. Uh, all from the perspective of the Global South. I'd like to thank uh, Philip and Eliakim at Fulani Media for helping with production of this episode. And I'd like to help to thank Michelle and Beatrice, uh, two of my research assistants at CIPIT, for providing 
some of the content in the episode. And I'd like to thank you. Please do come back and listen to future episodes of The Friendly Troll, and have a great day.